it's exciting. show podcast we are now at episode 15 and if you hear live music behind us that means two things one it's accurate and two the microphones we're using aren't as good as i'd hoped no they're not they're not do you want to explain where we are right now i am uh we are together we yeah. had hoped this would happen we are together again in person i'm staring right at you there's no there's no facetime <laughs> there's no ipad in between us and uh, we are in the uh, Husk, the Lincoln Rail Yard. Rail Yard, baby. Is this, is this called Rail Yard District? Rail Yard? Or is it just Rail Yard? I have always just see. We got the 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 flag there. I think it's just Rail Yard. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's just the Rail Yard. That's, That's fine. It. And 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 you can hear the ambiance. You know what we wanted to recreate here <laughs> is what it's going to sound like at a Husker football game. And. <laughs> Is, let me tell you, we are staring out at the rail yard. There is no one here. Zero. Zero. We Not invited even, all of our friends, and they all showed this up. This is a capacity crowd for all of the loyal listeners right now. Legitimately zero human beings at the rail yard as we're recording this right now. This is bizarre. This is almost like I am legend. <laughs> You know, what I'm, you know what I'm saying? It's like, We're the it's only like an apocalypse. Are. I'm expecting Will Smith and a German Shepherd to walk down. I'm starting the, to keep sweat. You are a little bit. It's I humid. Know. It's humid. Um, overcast skies, if anyone cares about that for podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> We're looking up at the, and we'll have to tweet a picture of this, yeah. but our logo and your logo, do you want to mention your sponsor? Uh, it's a Pella Windows and Doors. Shouts out to them. Uh, they are up below the Union Bank Cube. Well, it, I guess it is the Union Bank Cube. Uh, <laughs> below the sign. And uh, we got our logos up there, and it's uh, it's pretty cool here. I mean, this is this is pretty sweet. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, we have a basketball court set up, too. That's tempting to get my <laughs> get our two-on-two white men can't jump. We should just wait all day and take on all comers for a two-on-two game. Could you imagine? There is a basketball hoop there. It doesn't... It doesn't look like it's 10 feet. I would say no. It looks like 8 feet to me, but I'm when was the last time you jumped as high as you could? Oh, gosh. Um, never. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I've ever reached my potential. I would be terrified to jump as high as I could right now. <laughs> and that's not saying I could ever really jump very high, but well, it's got Achilles blown you, out written all over you it. You could get a few index cards under my feet, I guarantee you. <laughs> get up to that. Get up but um, this yeah. is fun, though. This is great. Oh, We're gosh. here together. We've had some business meetings here, yeah. trying to grow the Chicken Nick podcast and the Nick Bob podcast, which eventually will end <laughs> here in uh, <laughs> here in Lincoln. Uh, but yeah, it's good to be good to be back. Once the, la- the last time you and I did anything in person together was uh, was it <laughs> almost a year ago when? Someone called into the show uh, that you were doing, and I was sitting with you, and we thought they got the show, oh, but they yeah. were they were they wanted us to start been, talking it's sports. Been about a, it's been a year, man. It's been it's been a while. But this is see, this is what the beauty of FaceTime. This doesn't feel weird. Like had we right, had right. we had we had not had FaceTime, this would be extremely awkward. You and I saw each other about for the first time together in about a year, about an hour and a half in person, hour and a half ago before we started recording this. 
And there wasn't like this long embrace. No. So maybe that was the Rona, but there wasn't this long embrace. <laughs> frankly, because I see you every week. I know. You know, I, I know. see my parents on FaceTime, and then I see them in person, like I did in Colorado. I I'm a, like, if, hey, how are you? If I made a rankings of people that I fi- I see, you're like third. Honestly, no. Now that Max in the world, let's say, go. Well, let's he go sleeps your, a lot, so I still might be third. You honestly might you might have him beat at this point. I mean, seriously, how many people do you physically FaceTime with once a week in this world? You are, I mean, do the math on my family. As I quickly (laughs) try to think about how many kids I have, you are number five. How about that? Six. I'm six. Sorry. I'll take that. Four kids. Kelly, usually, will look at me and then (laughs) (laughs) lights are off. And you, (laughs) uh, and and then I see you. This is good, though. So This This is is great. Should we just stare at each other for a while? Let's do it. Did you listen to the Mamie podcast on in in route to, to uh, Lincoln, Nebraska? Or what I, if- I've listened to it. You know, it's odd because I put it all together, but I didn't listen to to. Do you it listen all back yet. once it's all up? Sometimes and all that? I try to. The Mamie one, I'm still about halfway through, and I just hoped there wasn't duplicate segments, like because I just threw a bunch in there. Oh yeah. But um, the Mamie podcast, that episode was more impactful than I thought it would be. Like, the reaction has been unbelievable. Facebook and, oh. and Twitter and people are just fired up to hear to hear Mamie back. I, you sit there and you'd be like, God, it's surprising, but it's really not. You know, like, when you, when you listen back to it, I would kind of go back and forth between feeling, em- like, emotionally moved listening to her to then laughing hysterically at what she was talking about. I had forgotten about her thing with the maintenance crew at Kansas State. Do, do they bring people to scan the field? I had forgotten about that. Things like that. And the one thing, I, as I was listening to it, I always thought it was really important that we always wanted to make it feel like we weren't bringing her on to, like, laugh at her. You know what I mean? Like, right. it wasn't, whenever you were laughing, it wasn't mean-spirited. But it just what she was saying was was funny on a lot of different levels. But yeah, it just I don't I don't I don't know if it made people just think back to conversations that they've had with their grand grandma or just something like that. But she just God, that made my heart feel good when I listened back to it. When we posted that we were having Mamie on and we posted out a little teaser about that it was going to be Mamie, uh, there were so many people that quoted yeah Mamie. Uh, one like, um, <laughs> I think it stinks. I really do. And that damn darn pay-per-view. And yes, yes. And all these quotes. No, and, and someone no. said, <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. yeah. Did you want to? You know who I've ever always wanted to be? Nick Barr? No. No. <laughs> um, like, you just throw it out there knowing it's going to. Knowing you're going to get a great answer. Oh, and she, and she called him Bo Polina. Yes. Toward the end. Bo Polina. And the thing about the inter- the interviews that we put together is the first one that we put on the podcast was her very first appearance on the show. Yeah. And we threw it out there. And, and, you know, we were confident that, hey, I like this, but are we the only ones that right. like this? Because that was our first month or two on the air. I mean, it had train wreck potential. Yeah. I mean, you just don't know what that's going that to August look of like. 2010, 20, yes. 2009. So we didn't know. So we put her on there. And at the end of that first segment, that she was on and said, hey, do people want to hear this? And then, then eventually we had her on every week. But you can hear when you listen to the first segment and go to the last segment, just the, and I hate to use the word um, deterioration. Yeah. But you can hear she's different, right? 
just like, you know, it, it accelerates when you get older. And she, that first segment, very quick, quick answers, not a lot of pregnant pauses. And that last one, you're just like, yeah, it's yeah, not the could, same Mamie. Right. right. Uh, but but there were glimpses of right. just like when you maybe are with your, your grandparent or someone who has amnesia or something. There are glimpses of, oh, just for that there second. There it is. Right. There she is or there he is. And we had that. Like, she still was talking about the quarterback situation. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, Change quarterbacks a little bit more often. <laughs> that was a few years before she passed. She passed in 2014, I mm-hmm. believe, or 2015. And so a few years before she passed, she, she was on her final episode. And, um, yeah, she was the, – the, the field maintenance part where she said like, – she, she asked, now, do they have field – does Husker football, do they bring field maintenance people on the road? Because we asked how they how they going to do on the road. Do we take any maintenance people that go and check the football field to see for sure that everything's all right? And when she when she asked that, it's the there are it's rare that a guest will ask you a question that you answer with a question. <laughs> <laughs> Mamie always provided that, or at right. least had uh, demanded follow up questions. Oh, yeah. to her. Why? And she went off about holes in the field, it's and that became a running joke. That did, and it, and it's. The logic's not terribly flawed. Like it's a it's a legitimate thought from her. You just know she was sitting there being like, is that field safe for this football team at this point? What's your concern about the field? Well, that there's no holes or anything. I don't want any players to get hurt. Yeah. I guess that's what I'm concerned about. And, yeah, she just – and there was something you, you could feel. You could feel the connection she had with Nebraska football. Like, she just – you know, there's a you know there's that sense like they have an everyman quality to him. She had an every woman, every grandma quality to her. Like you like you said at one point, it was like you were watching like if you had a TV show and you and you casted Betty White as a grandma or something like that. Like that's what she was. She was so perfect that it almost felt like this couldn't have been real. Like there was almost an when when you were taught when we first started talking to her. In my head, there were times where I, I kind of went, is this, like, is Schick have is, some person that's doing an, imper- an impersonation of an old lady? Is this the Phil Hendry show where he, <laughs> yeah. the host, the host Seriously. would be the guest? Right? Seriously. Uh, we got, you and I, uh, Corey Lathrop is yeah. your producer, producer for uh, the Nick Boss show, Pella Windows Doors, whatever. Ah! Um, he... I had not heard from him uh, in a while, and he would text when I was going to be on your sure. show, and then he left the show, uh, but he texted the Monday the show posted, the Mamie episode, and I'll share the text because he's posted on Facebook that he lost his grandma, but he said, the Mamie podcast has me in tears, you jerks. Uh, this is a text to me and you. Yep. Lost my grandma this weekend who had Iowa season tickets since the 80s, and hearing Mamie talk about Nebraska took me back to every conversation I had with my grandma about Iowa. Thanks for what you guys do. And we had another email that I shared with you before the show. Matt emailed in, and he said, Thanks for making me laugh until I cried, followed shortly thereafter by actual crying on a Monday morning. <laughs> Keep up the great pot as long as possible. I can never wait for the next episode to drop. That was from Matt uh, C. And then there was a different Matt C who emailed in and said, and he referenced something that you said on the podcast, on the Mamie episode. 
He emails in to laugh at chickennick.com. He says, Nick, you said the following things about Mamie and the segments where she was on the Chick and Nick show. I wholeheartedly agree with your comments as they relate to Mamie. And he went on to quote what you said. And we'll play what you said right now and hit it. There are very few people, and I guess we'll focus on radio because that's what we were doing, that have that consistency of every single segment that you listen to them. It was fulfilling. It made you feel every emotion possible. You would laugh. You would feel touched. You would feel emotional. You would feel better. One of the things you learn in life is like it's hard, that, that type of stuff is harder to find than you realize. Nice. Okay, so that's what you said. And, and then he says, however, as I listened to you say those things, Nick, I found myself thinking about how they apply not just to segments with Mamie, but also to the Chick and Nick show as a whole. And he goes, and I'm only, I'm only reading this because it's an, it, you know, Mamie impacted a lot of people. Emails like this impact us. Yeah. He says, I truly think that you guys had and have something magical together. You're certainly both very talented individually and at more things than being radio hosts, but together you have that it factor that can't be explained, can't be bought, can't be created just through hard work alone. If it could, this world would be full of fantastic radio shows. I think besides just my saying so, that's evidenced by the fact that so many people have held you both and moments from your show fondly in their memory for all these years after you signed off for the very last time a better part of a decade ago. Listening to the Chicken Nick show made you feel better. And then he says, thank you from the bottom of my art. Nice. From the bottom of my art. For all the great memories and what I hope are many more to come. And, and it didn't really... I didn't think about that. No. Even as you were talking about Mamie, I didn't think about that. And this isn't meant to be some sort of pat on the back because I think the, the listeners played such a role in our show that, you know, without their involvement, our show wasn't what it was. But to be even, and as I tweeted out for our, from our Twitter account, to be linked with Mamie yeah. is something that, uh, and to have her be associated with us and vice versa is something that I will take to my grave as a sense of pride. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, you know, in terms of what we did, when you're creating something, it really isn't worth a whole hell of a lot if there isn't someone on the other end having it land to. Sure, we're having fun doing what we do and talking and enjoying, but, like, that's a very small, contained level of joy. I don't – if you and I just talked once a week, it'd be fun. But it's not near as fun and fulfilling as knowing that you get these messages and these tweets and these Facebook posts and these emails that it's it's resonating with someone else. And to me, that is what that was. If if I had to summarize what I loved about the show, it was it was that. Even for me, going on and like continuing to do a radio show, I didn't have that, you know. And that's not to minimize what I did. I felt proud of what of the of the show it that was I a created. Bad show. It was a horrible show, but that's neither here nor there. Maybe that's it. You know what? That's it. It was a bad show. That's it. Now I understand. It was a bad show. That's why it didn't resonate with people. <laughs> Which, but I guess what I'm yeah. saying is, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that just get created and floated out into the ether, and they just they don't stick. You know. And it's not necessarily to say that whatever isn't sticking isn't good and isn't valuable, but it's the stuff that sticks that really just that sticks with you. Then you know, I mean, it's it's a it's that, a weird thing. And the fact that you said, you know, our conversations are fun, but sometimes don't you have conversations with a friend that you go, oh man, if <laughs> if we could like if a hundred people were listening, yeah. to this, they'd all think it's funny, right? That's what the radio show was, and that's what this podcast has turned into is. 
we are having conversations knowing that after we record, you know, it's like a taped show. Right. People are watching it at their home, a sitcom or whatever, that people are enjoying it as much as we are and getting to share in it. It's like sharing your friend with somebody. Yeah. And, you know, I remember what my father-in-law, Bill, his father, who you knew, yep. uh, Bill Pugsley, who lived in Fremont, when he passed, he had so many people show up. He's 95 when he passed. I think he had so many people show up. And I remember what my father-in-law said at the funeral. His last line was, uh, he was a great friend, and I'm glad I could share him with you. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, what a powerful moment because all these people got to share in that friendship. Right. And that's what this is. Like totally. We have this. The show is the vehicle to share the friendship with other people. And that's why when we get to a point where we're maybe doing a live local yeah. podcast or something and people come up, it's not going to be like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I got to meet Chick and Nick. It'll be I got to chill with my friends. That's it. That's and what that's it is. what I look forward to. I, absolutely. Friends. You know, and that's the not too many people get to. And I hope even the, the people that listen to it can feel a place where they can be totally unapologetically themselves and totally and and themselves sometimes we hold back the goofy part of ourselves as we get older you know what i mean i can't act i can't giggle like that i can't giggle like i'm 14 again or i can't have a stupid joke again or or even because something i always liked about our show is we could go from laughing about something stupid to almost getting moved to tears about getting something off our chest but that's all about just being open and and letting it all out and that's what's fun about this though is and i i get the sense that that's how people feel when they listen to it that even they get to live vicariously through us in that regard and then they even get to take it and they share it with each other with the goofiness and the right. silliness and the drops and that's all we really want to do is just at life's you can't what, what did you, who who is who is in your family you can't beat fun that's that was that my was late the, gra- that was go. my late grandfather-in-law that I just talked about. He said you can't beat fun. That was his thing. That's pretty much. That's what our show. He was a male cheerleader in the <laughs> '40s, I believe, at Nebraska. Yeah. Okay. The, the guy was a great ball of fun. Yeah, that's great. But honestly, you know, you think about what our like tagline should be or whatever. You know, Nike, just do it. <laughs> Chick and Nick show. You can't beat fun, right? I mean, I don't know what else it would really be. And what you said too is, we have this show. And then listeners get to have their own shows with their friends yeah. based on this. And I and it leads to me to this email from Amanda. Um, the Mancuso family loves the show, okay? And uh, <laughs> I've talked to them many times. Like, and so Amanda emails in. And the, the headline, the subject is unsafe for driving. This is to laugh at chickadit.com. Uh, guys, longtime fan of the show. Back in the day, I'd listen to you daily with my coworkers. One weekend, as I was watching a Husker football game with my family, I mentioned Chick and Nick. To my surprise, my then 65-year-old great-aunt says, Oh, yeah, I love those guys. They make me laugh. (laughs) Fast forward to today. So that's at least eight years ago. Fast forward to today. I find out when a new episode drops from my now 73-year-old great-aunt. Oh, my goodness. She texted me the other day. All the text said was, Dropped today. About Nick's baby. So funny. I'm dying. I can't listen while I'm driving anymore. Those are like five sentences that you put in there. In to- and then Amanda writes, In the times of social distancing, I can't thank you enough for being a uniting force in my family. My dad, siblings, in-laws, great-aunt uh, Sanda, 
pr- and she says it's pronounced Sonda, so apologies to great Aunt Sonda, uh, have an ongoing text thread about the show. Oh, my gosh. I laugh out loud every time someone contributes. Thank you guys so much for being a bright spot in an otherwise dark year. And to get sappy for a moment, I'm now a mom of two boys, one who was just born this March. Your last episode made me both laugh out loud and weep. So many emotions with kids. Congrats to Nick and his family. Whew, that was emotional. Sorry about that. Oh, sorry about that. Return of the Mac on repeat this week. Signed, Amanda. Oh, my God. Amanda's, oh. I mean, those are... I mean... The selfish reason that I wanted to do this podcast again was to be able to hang out with you <laughs> for an hour. And then the tangential part of it was knowing that other people would enjoy it. No doubt. Right. That's an amazing that cool to, email. To, it's, it's almost like um, when you have a fantasy football league. Like, my brother and I text every once in a while. Yeah. But because of fantasy football, we text a lot more during sure. fantasy football, right? You have the Chick and Nick show. You have the podcast. People might talk every once in a while, but if you have that common bond of something you listen to, well, it, it just it allows you to get together a little bit I was bit thinking more. about I was thinking about the, you know, here we are in Lincoln, Nebraska, and there's not a lot of people out, and we're there's nobody out there's here. Zero, like, one guy's over there. He made it in. That's our one fan. Shouts out to you, Doug. But you look over at the the Shadow Memorial Stadium, and it's empty right now, and you allow your mind to go, gosh, it's going to be August here in a week. And, I mean, what happens if there's no football? And it's easy to minimize football, but what it is is it's a uniter, a connector culturally for people. That's a great point. And I think that's something that this pandemic has has kind of hit me of, like, it's not just about, oh, I love a good – a good blitz on third down. You know, it's just it's that you it's that feeling of community. It's a reason to get together. It's a reason to get together. And even if on some small, small, tiny, minuscule level, this podcast can be that, then it's it's worth it. You know what I mean? And it's and it's it's motivation enough to continue to do it because it's motivation for us to get together. And and you know, you and I have talked basically once a week since the show ended because of 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 my duties with the radio and you carrying the show on Fridays, but, but it, it, it's connecting us. It's connecting these people. And, and there's just like the, you know, the, the tentacles of that connecting yeah. is, is pretty cool. And, and that's something that, you know, you do a lot of reflecting when things get emotional with the pandemic and stuff being taken away from you. And, and if you can put out an episode and yeah. then the Mamie episode makes you think about that stuff. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's pretty, it's a pretty cool, deep, feeling to be able to do this even though if someone said oh that pod must be pretty heartfelt it's like, yeah it's kind of stupid it's kind of stupid you know what I mean? <laughs> but that, but that's the, that's the beauty of it i had uh i was visiting my family in colorado and my brother who's always been a fan of the show yeah he had i think his buddy was driving a long ways and was like you know any podcast suggestions around my brother goes hey check this one out and he just showed me his phone <laughs> After he had listened to a couple episodes, and all the text said from his buddy, who had never listened to the old show, he lives in Colorado, all it said was, Nick's laugh is so bleeping funny. <laughs> That's all it said. That's all it said. <laughs> Effing funny. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And I laugh, I'm like, great. That's, That's awesome. It. That's it. That's, I mean, it, yeah, it creates some sort of, and I said to, to my brother, as we were sitting there, I said, Thankfully, I don't think Nick is ever going to change. 
because <laughs> that's the one thing we always got concerned about yeah. in this pod is like right. you get older, you become a dad. Do you grow out of those things? You are going to be 65 years old. I will be 70. I don't, not really familiar with the entire age gap. Oh. And we are. I'm going to be cynically talking about things, reacting to what you were saying. You're going to have more of a high. You're going to be wheezing. Yeah. I'll start coughing. <laughs> yeah, I'll start coughing and, have, and not be able to do it. Yeah, it'd be great. edit some of those things out. And we are still going to be sitting in the rail yard with no fans. Zero people. And the show's going to live That's on. exactly right. You know, you think about, because when you have kids, those are kind of big checkpoints in your life of kind of like gauging your maturity and your, you know, just your path on whatever level of a journey that you're on. And I've thought about that. Like, am I that much different? How much have I really changed? Not a ton. Just really the stroke? That's it. That's it. I got a, I had a tumor. Got taken out. I had a couple strokes. Other than that. It's all about the same, dog. <laughs> I feel no different. I feel no different. That's what it is. Um, so else on your mind, dog? Uh, just, I mean, we are sitting here in the shadow. I of think Ryan it's Ryan Longwell's. Every, this is Ryan Longwell's restaurant. Longwell's here in the rail yard. Yeah. These restaurants are going to be. Think about if there's no football season, what happens to some of these uh, businesses? It's scary, though. It'll look a lot like this. Yes. Unfortunately. But um, we are sitting in the shadow of Pinnacle Bank Arena, yeah. and we really, everyone wants to know, is they're going to have college basketball season. Thank you. Finally, someone that understands. But let's go to the secondary concern that a lot of people have. Volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> Set and spike. Chick. About that bowling team. About um, the bowling crew. So we are catty-cornered from Memorial Stadium. We were just looking at Memorial Stadium. It sits empty. I feel like... We are beginning to get more comfortable with the idea of playing without fans. Oh, yeah. Do you remember when that conversation first started? It was no students on campus, no fans in the stands. You can't do that with student athletes. Nope. I feel like we're getting there. And even if it's like you saw Rutgers said no more than 500 people in the stands, like that could be done. (laughs) Here's exhibit A, 2019. Like, we need some people in the stands yeah. just to qualify. Right. We have fans. If there in the was other, Illinois did like what, 20% capacity or whatever that? Like, so in other words, regular. It's regular. <laughs> like the jokes are writing and, themselves. Right. And the changes, what again? But, um, but, but you're you, right, though. And I don't know if it's legitimate or not, but um, I, I remember the last time we talked about it, I said, I'm 25% sure we're going to have football in the fall. I've increased it now. Like, Ooh, I'm, I'm, I'm above. Look at you, I'm optimistic. Above a, I'm above a coin flip that we're going to have football oh, in good the fall. For you pushed back maybe a few weeks. Okay, but I do. I'm starting to believe that there are going to be conferences that don't play and conferences that do. Yeah, and and I think you know whether it's a money grab or not. I don't know. I think the SEC plays some way somehow. I think the Big Ten plays some way somehow. The ACC. I think the Big 12 definitely plays because mm-hmm. I think they are the in a great shape, at least from what you read. And I think the Pac-12 maybe does not play in the fall. I mean, that's but yeah. but to to, to kind of couch the whole thing. I, but I, fans I in the like sta- I feel like we're gonna have football with a fraction of fans in the stands, and we'll see how many uh, games we can get in. Yeah, it's been a, you know you and I have talked about how much things evolve and change on how you feel about it, how you see it. You know, there, it wasn't too terribly long ago. We were like, we're going to have re- – it's starting on time. It's going to be packed. And now here we are listening to what we're talking about. The thing that stood out to me is people keep going, you know, the next two weeks are going to be telling. 
I feel like we've said the next two weeks are going to be telling for four months. Literally for four months, that has been like two weeks. We're going to know a lot more. This is like the money pit. When are you guys going to be done? <laughs> two weeks. Two weeks. How long will the job take? Two weeks. Any idea when you're going to be finished here? Two weeks. How long will it take to put this place together? Two weeks. Just two of them. Just we'll be totally out of your hair. <laughs> but that's what it is. So I don't, I don't, uh, what makes, I guess, what gives you the confidence that we're going to go? Did the fact that, that we're starting to see at least, you know, Big Ten going to conference only and stuff? I, or think, the, I think the NBA success that they will have, yep. I think, is going, to, is going to help. I just think the natural course of being accepting of things. Right. Now, now look, the real sports HBO special, the on the other night, and you had... I got to uh, watch that, by the way. The father of Christopher Hinton, who plays for Michigan, he played at Northwestern. He's an eight-time Pro Bowler. He and his super smart wife who was an athlete at Notre Dame they're both like someone's gonna die Mm -hmm. and they are very concerned so I'm not doing a good enough job of putting myself in the role of a parent and maybe that's what I'm neglecting to see I just am under the idea that there's gonna be enough there's gonna be enough people that want to play that will play and if it's conference only work in the three or four bye weeks to just try and get this off the ground I just think there's too many issues with spring football. Whether it's the draft, whether it's is are things really going to be Why are they why that's my been you know? my thing with spring is like you're really rolling the dice and thinking it's we're going to be in that much different of a situation in February or March than we are now. It's possible, yeah. but it's also not possible. So you're putting all your eggs on a 3-month window instead of right now going, "Okay, we got about 8 months to play with here." My my horrible analogy was imagine yourself in an airport and you got a flight at three o'clock in the afternoon and it's bad weather and you'd be like, okay, we're going to take our chances with that one. Or do you want to wait for the nine o'clock flight? But there's no guarantee that that storm's going to be any better. And in fact, the airport is shutting down tomorrow. So you have two. That's not a bad analogy. You, you have two flights. Are you better off maybe not at least trying one at knowing you can maybe circle back to the airport and try again for nine o'clock? So. Yeah, it's been an interesting conversation where, you know, I, I talked to, to this on the Nick Bob podcast, Project by Pillows on the Zorro, oh, with, uh, with uh, Sip being like, you know, when you argue for football and its return, some people want to paint you as insensitive to the, to the situation at hand or you're anti-science or something like that. I don't think that's fair. I mean, I just think there are a lot of things to consider here. And one of the things that I thought Scott Frost pointed out about a month ago that I thought was just great was the whole idea of like we need to understand that whether we play football or not these college kids these athletes are probably going to get COVID the question maybe becomes and I think you could argue they are potentially safer if you play football and I know that sounds crazy but it puts them in an infrastructure where they're getting tested frequently they're getting great care uh, and then for me, the other thing it does is it provides motivation for the athletes to make better decisions Monday through Friday, whether that's to not go to that house party that's got 70 people inside of it, all those kinds of things where you're you're maybe going to be a little bit more smart in, in how you're handling yourself socially. I just think there's a lot of yeah. sides to it. It's too bad that it's become political because yeah. people's jobs – and people's livelihoods and student athletes' futures 
which are part of jobs. Yes. You know, them wanting to get to the NFL or them wanting to get that final year under their belt so they can graduate or, or do whatever, use up their eligibility, whatever it might be. Like, jobs are important. Are they more important than living? Of course they're not, but it's a part of living. And so what do you do with that? And like you said, and what Scott Frost said, to, to paraphrase, like this, the disease is not going to go away. So do you play knowing that, hey, they're at least in a structured I- environment? Um, you know, it says sanitized an environment. Everyone's anal about it, which yes. is a great thing to be. Everyone's Bob Saget in these <laughs> things. <laughs> Making yeah. sure we're using a different knife for ketchup and a different knife for mustard. <laughs> you know, so to make sure that things are on the up and up. And I would also say that when it comes to businesses and things like that, I don't I don't want to trivialize people getting sick and all that, but I think the facts will back it up that football itself for kids this age is more dangerous than the disease. Okay? Yeah, there, you know, there's the, that. Yeah. The dangers of – we know the long-term effects of football. Now, maybe it's the unknown. We don't know the long-term effects of COVID. I and, thought and maybe, about that. And maybe that's why we're all like, eh, we'll be okay because right. it's so new. We don't know. Well, I mean, to your point – and, again, this all, this all sounds like it's in bad taste, and it's not meant to be. But people go, you know, someone – you play, someone could die. Well, people have died playing football. People have died working out for football. You know, I mean, like, and we didn't just we didn't cease to shut down the sport. Right. And again, that's and not the, to- yeah. And the old the and the counter to that is it's the it's the, you know what you're signing up for. Right. COVID is something completely different. It's unseen. You're trusting other people to do this. You have to get unlucky to get hurt playing football. Well, and but you know, and I said this to Sip too, like. If the rebuttal is always, well, at least you're alive, or the rebuttal is always life or death, then you know what? You win. Like, because no one can beat that. Right. But if that's if that's the standard at which we're judging everything, then, then, boy, it's hard to justify a lot of stuff. Right? I mean, it kind of is. Yeah. And so, it's just, there's, there's just a lot to consider when making this decision, and... I wish it didn't have to be so toxic and so polarizing and so political and so black and white and you're either over here or you're over here because, I mean, I'm sure you're like me. I want to see football back. Are there elements of it, though, that I go, man, that's a little scary. I don't know how they're going to yeah. do that. Yeah. yeah. But you do the best that you can. You're not going to be able to keep everyone safe. You're going to try to do the best that you can. And, uh, you know, it's an imperfect situation, so it's probably a flawed school of thought to think you're going to have a perfect solution to yeah. it. No, it's a good point. And, you know, yeah, when you get hurt in football, your grandmother's not at risk of getting hurt. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So so there's a huge difference totally. between COVID and, and getting hurt totally. and all that stuff. But I go to how I would feel if I were a player or if I had any of that athletic ability, <laughs> and it would be, dang it, I want to play. And unless I am susceptible or unless I'm sick, I would feel invincible. Yeah. And I, and I want to get out there and play, and I want to fill out, you know, it's one thing for a kid to not be able to have his, his prom and his graduation. It's another for a kid to miss out on a football season. And, yes, there is inherent risk, and I get all that, and I, we need to take it seriously. And that's why I go back to is it the optics or is it the danger? Yeah. It is hard. It, I will concede this. It is hard to justify 
playing football in an area that is run rampant with positive tests and, and, and things like that. You look at the numbers that have been put out, and we can go through the percentage of hospital beds being used and all yeah. that. But the point is there are a lot of positive tests in certain areas. Can you play football? Can you socially distance in your quarterback room? Right. Can you make sure your ones are going against your fours so that if the ones get sick, yeah, the you're not are as available, compromising. And then say, now we're going to tackle. I know that 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 is hard to wrap. Well, your head. I, it's funny you say that. I was watching uh, Big Shock. Did you see the NBA? They had their scrimmages and all yeah, that yeah, stuff yeah. yesterday. Of course, I was like, yes. <laughs> Nick Baugh tries to bring every conversation back to basketball. I didn't know. Did you see how they did the benches? The uh, the back, benches. Yeah, they were yeah, back, yeah, and yeah. they were like, you know, instead of usually everybody's crammed together, they're kind of spaced out on the bench, a couple feet apart, and they all have their own individual like. Almost like a recliner or something like that. And I was like, I pointed to Kim. I'm like, ooh, look at that. That's kind of interesting. She goes, but aren't they, when they go in the game, aren't they kind of like leaning on each other and touching each other? I'm like, yeah, I guess that is kind of <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. you know, it's like the whole NFL policy of like, you can play, but you cannot exchange jerseys after the game. It's like, okay, so wait a minute. I can tackle you, lay on you, bleed on you, spit on you, but I cannot take your jersey? Here's what? the deal. You can be intimate. <laughs> Make love to your spouse. You better not hug her. <laughs> that's pretty much what it is. I guess what it is. That's, that's what football that is. is. Yeah. Like jersey exchange. Yes. Is football. That's it. That's a hug. You just went all the way. Hey, dog. Levante David, Ezekiel Elliott. You guys went all the way on that toss sweep. <laughs> but if you guys are gonna shake hands after the game, I don't think so, dog. I mean, that's not happening. I don't want these Air Fives. Yeah. That's way over the line. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, I don't know, man. We'll see. I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. We're recording this on uh, July 23rd. It could be outdated when it posts coming I know. Because isn't there some meeting tomorrow? Yeah, Board of Governors. Yeah, whenever a Board of Governors get together, that's not good. You know what? This is like when you get cold feet with something. Just keep pushing it back. Push it back. Let's just wait. Push it back. What's the deadline? Move it again. Let's just wait. Move it again. Let's just wait. You know, we can wait until August 15th for all I care. Yeah. Um, Kids are on campus. They're working out. They'll be ready. Right. Be ready. Um, And they'll... They'll do their – you can do your toss sweep. I mean, are we reinventing the wheel here with football? How long do we need to get ready to play? They're in the gym. They're in the, right. the workout facility. They're working out. Just do it. Just play. Come you can't on. beat fun. No, you can't you beat You can't beat fun. football. I love it. Um, so here we are. I guess we'll, uh, we'll Should wrap, we wrap it we'll up. wrap it up there. That was a lot longer than I wanted it to We be. went 37 minutes. Oh, wow. About that. that longer. That feels quite a bit longer, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, feels a lot longer. I was sweating. Hi, I've I've gone through waves of severe, like Patrick Ewing at the foul line to Nick Baugh at Kansas riding the bench not sweating, <laughs> and everything in between. <laughs> God, he actually, so you ever see me on the bench? You probably did. You should. I would go crazy. So I would be like after the games, you'd be like, "Man, you play twenty five minutes." I'm like, no. <laughs> I watch the sunrise at Liza's. Manelli's. No. No. I saw the sunrise at Liza's. Manelli's? No. Oh, man, you played against Oklahoma? No. It's really excited. Uh, well, I hope we uh, I hope we do have football, but here's the beauty of, like, a podcast. Yeah. We're still going to be here. We're going to keep rolling, gonna, man. You know, we don't need Nebraska football. This show has never needed sports to talk about sports. This, this sports has never needed anything. <laughs> this show has never all needed this, a darn thing. All this podcast has needed was two beating hearts and two friends. That's exactly right. And the fr- thank you, Jay. That's exactly right. And the friends of uh, the podcast. And again, 
We would invite we invite not to come out here. It's too late. We're about to wrap up. <laughs> come on out, man. But if you if you want to partner with us, yeah. email us laugh at chickennick.com. Your small business, big business, whatever you want to do. Uh, this pod's going places, folks. Yeah, we're trying, man. And uh, I, I would get in on the on the ground floor because when this is a two-story building, <laughs> we're gonna be looking way. When it's better. a trial up, when it's a split level, you're gonna wish you were on the first. You were got in on the first floor, Doc. <laughs> that would be uh, your loss. Uh, good, to, great to great to see you, you physically. You yep. know, you look uh, great. We weren't wearing masks, but we are about six feet apart. We are, yeah, yep. two two table. Yeah, we're good here. We'll post the we'll post the uh, picture as uh, evidence. Yeah. Yeah, as, as a tease for the pod, and yeah. uh oh, have they changed? They took our they, they took, took our, our logo off. off of Union you Bank know, Cube. Just when you think you made it, <laughs> Union Bank takes over. Does <laughs> tale as old as time? Am I right? It <laughs> <laughs> is so cliche. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll be back next week uh, doing the FaceTime thing. Yep. Good to see you. Good to see you too, my friend. Uh, the, this podcast in person is over. And as always, I'm not happy about that.